Hello and welcome to No Applause, Just the Clap, the only show that's going to be very one-sided when we get to mistakes we made this week. I'm not sure the whole show might be a little one-sided. Well, it's a good thing I've got a very long list of stuff I have lots of opinions about. Mm. So we'll just start from, uh, we'll just pull a Drake and start from the bottom. Shut the fuck up. I think it's a different rap song. Ugh. Started from the bottom. I had coworkers who didn't know, as a fun fact, that uh, near the end of his career and unfortunately, uh, unfortunately his life, that old dirty bastard went by Big Baby Jesus. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I thought uh, you were going to talk about Drake getting his character on Degrassi Junior High. Nah, I don't try not to put as much thought into Drake as humanly possible. Um, yeah, no, I uh, had a, a coworker say something was raw. And I was like, ooh, baby, Maybe I, I like, like it raw. raw. Yeah, of course. And they were like, what is happening right now? And I was like, old dirty bastard. And uh, they started singing the, like, baby, I got your money. You know, and that one. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, big baby Jesus. And they're like, what? And I was yeah. like, and I was like, yeah, he went by yeah, big, big baby, baby Jesus, Jesus near yeah. the end of his career. I, I don't know if it was a, like a legal thing with him and Wu-Tang. I have no idea. He wanted to reinvent himself before he died. But, um, and, uh. They were like, you're fucking with me. I was like, no, look it up. Like, absolutely true. Yeah, just look on Wiggy. Uh, and then I ended up talking about a story where, um, who was it? I think it was the Dropkick Murphys were really excited to have Shane McGowan on a track. Um, famously, Shane McGowan from the Pogues. And, uh, you know, because, I mean, he's, in in terms of, like, you know, Irish punk, it's like, Shane McGowan's, like, one of the names. Mm-hmm. If not the name, right? Mm-hmm. And they were really excited. And, of course, he shows up, like, you know, he's only got three teeth and just drunk and drugged out out of his mind and incoherent mm-hmm. like he was. Yeah. I think he's since cleaned up. Um, I think I uh, was looking that up one day. And, <laughs> because. Uh, because he couldn't live that, that for very much longer. And it reminded me of a story where, like, Insane Clown Posse was really psyched to have Old Dirty Bastard on one of their tracks. <sighs> and he showed up so fucked up that really all they got out of him was him saying, Bitches! And they just, like... Well, that works Used for them, it, though. Like, kind of looped it as, like, a chorus. Yeah, that, that, that kind of works <laughs> for them, though. But, yeah, like, they were, like, re- like excited. They're like, oh, my God, we're going to have a member of Wu-Tang Clan. Like, holy shit. And then, like, it's a don't meet your heroes scenario. Um, and they were, like, kind of disappointed. Where, like, they were like, he's like, yeah, he was so out of his fucking gourd that he was useless. Which, I mean, cool, like, rock star. But, like, that he's useless it was the problem. Same with Shane McGowan. We're going to talk about the other insane clown posse thing that happened this week. There was another, there's, I don't know, I don't, I... I sent you something and you promptly responded, uh, fuck you. That was two weeks, was it two weeks ago? No. That was last week. Yep. Yeah, you sent me this, it's like the old scary stories about... Uh, It's from a book called In a Dark, Dark Room, which was part of the Stories to Read in the Dark series. Uh, Yeah. But yeah. It's about the the girl who has the the green green ribbon. ribbon around her throat. And she meets the boy, and they fall in love, and she goes, I can never take this off, and I can't tell you why, you're just going to have to trust me if you love me, or something, You'll I'm paraphrasing yeah. hugely. And uh, I think, is she on her deathbed when he yeah, finally... Yeah, she's dying, and she's like, it's finally time for me to tell you why I can't take the green ribbon off. And she takes it off, and her head, head falls, falls off. off. Yeah. Um, in the comic, I sent you, she has an ICP neck tattoo. A huge one. And I think the response is, what the fuck, Jetty? Yeah. And, uh, of course, I you immediately infamously responded. have an ICP tattoo. I was going to say, quickly and viscerally responded to me via text, fuck, fuck you. <laughs> I think it was like, period, period. Yeah, it was. Uh, so, I'm working on it. I did splurge this week, which we'll talk about later, so that kind of took some money out of the tattoo fund. Um, so, uh, we'll, like I said, we'll... From the whole Drake joke. Um, I watched uh, Patton Oswalt's new special, Annihilation. Uh, all I can say is, wow, once again, I mean, his stand-up, stand-up special is always fucking amazing. I mean, uh, you know, tragedy, tragedy plus time equals comedy, or I'm screwing that up. I think it's comedy plus tragedy equals time, whatever it is. Uh, you know, feeling kind of Patton. I mean, all of them. Um, um, you know, talking for clapping, I think, is one of them or something like that. And there's... There- What's about is like his oh my weakness is strong. My weakness is strong. Werewolves and lollipops, um, all of that. I mean, all of his stuff is always great. Uh, this one was bittersweet in that um, he had a lot of 
really good new material. Um, he starts out very strong, uh, very Patton-esque um, about Trump. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to ruin it, but he does at some point refer to the now president as a racist scrotum dipped in Cheeto dust. Um, and uh, his take on the, the whole political structure right now and political sphere, uh, really funny. Uh, but you're pretty much, from the get-go, waiting for the other shoe to drop for him to talk about his wife dying and his, you know, process through that. Um, he has a whole thing about how don't call it a healing journey. It should become a, uh, should be called a uh, numb slog. Yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, you know, and he, he does, he, you can tell he probably, I don't know how many times he's workshopped that bit, that, that chunk of it, um, but it's still, you can tell it's still fairly raw um he does you know get emotional he does hold it together fairly well um there is an odd segue from his you know kind of his trump bit to to the the wife uh which was him doing crowd work which was very it's not bad it's it's not that he's like i said we said this i said this off air when i was telling you about it it's not that he's bad at crowd work it's just i don't it's not his thing um i know there are comedians that do great uh, crowd work, and that is part of their repertoire, but for Patton, it's not. And it, I mean, he used it well as, like, he goes, fuck it, like, this is going to be something new and different um, to segue into this thing that there is no segue into. I mean, really, there isn't. Yeah. Um, but even the bits about the wife and his daughter, while uh, heartbreaking, heart-wrenching, uh, he managed to inject humor into it, and I thought that was... Not only, I mean, just impressive. Um, I don't, I don't know if I could have done that on a on a public stage the way he did with like a stand up special about it. Um, but I thought it was probably part of his process. And like, you know, he talks about how comedians hold up that like you know mirror to everything that's dark and horrible, and we laugh at it to help us get through it. And for him to do that for not only us, um, but for himself, I thought was very. Very sweet and impressive. I'm sorry. Am I boring you? <laughs> no, I'm just tired. Um, I was just thinking about I, I hate when people use words like that, like healing journey. You know, yeah, he, he talked about it. He goes, you know, he goes, if Actually, I... I'm not a big fan of the process either. Well, but when he said, said something about how if one more person says they grant me strength in this healing journey, I'm going to fling water balloons full of urine at every candle store in this town um i was recommended because, yeah i've recommended a book and i can't remember i was going to say a little bit about kind of discovering how depression works and how therapy helps that and the title of the book was called the hope merchants oof no it's, it was face palm like it's supposed to be a good book but yeah i'm actually just started reading a self-help book myself well i didn't start reading it oh okay no. <laughs> um, I did. Actually, I finished. Uh, we won't talk a whole lot about it. I did I, read I, a self-help book. I read The Dark Knight by Paul Dini. Is that self-help? Not really, but it is about him. But going like through that. the process yeah. of when he was mugged, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I think I, I listened to the... They had him on, I believe, the Nerdist podcast. Which is weird because the self-help book I'm reading is The Nerdist Way by Chris Hardwick. You already uh, read that. No. I, I never... I, I started reading it and then never... Finished? Yeah. Like, I didn't even get into, like, the whole help part of it I just kind of bought it and went through a few pages and went yeah okay and I finished the book I was reading which is Joe Hill's Fireman um all 747 pages of it um not as big of a of a burden as I thought it was gonna be it gets really fucking good okay um and I was telling you that there's actually a post credit scene so if you read the book uh read past the acknowledgments uh, and read the uh, credits where, you know, he gives credit for the um, copyrighted material he uses, like the uh, introduction quotes, um, Deb, one of your favorite songs, is a running, uh, has a running a, uh, appearance, a Romeo and Juliet Coma? by Dire Straits, what? I said, I was going to say Girlfriend in a Coma by Morrissey. No. <laughs> uh, but Romeo and Juliet by Dire Straits, a song I ruined for you. Um, but that, that keeps coming up over and over. I'm over that now, actually. Good. It's been long enough. So, uh, so you, you know, you're looking at all the credits for his copyrighted stuff that he used, and at the very end, it says, 
copyright Joe Hill, um, what if there was more, what if there was more story because there always is. And then there's like a paragraph and a half or two paragraphs that add on to the story. So really, if you stop and go, okay, well, that was the end of the book. You're missing out. And, you know, you don't look at the acknowledgements or anything like that. Like, you actually... And it does it, it does end, but it does end a little open-ended where you don't know what's going to happen after these certain events. And that adds... Once again, not closure. Once again, it's an open-ended. I mean, the story does keep going. But it does add that you find out what happens to them... Uh, a little bit after the end, the end of the book, and I thought that was really fucking cool. And I, I've never seen that to have a book with a effectively a post credit scene, literally post credits. I actually really like when they give up. Just like I only need a tiny bit more closure, just like that much more closure. Yeah. And so they gave it to me, which sorry. Dynamite cover up, Deb. Oh, I was yawning. But like I said, I mean, I've complained about this with the Ernest Klein books and with, uh, I was going to say Snow Crash, where it's all build and no fall. You get a little bit more in Armada, but not so no, much. No, Snow Crash is like he takes it to the edge of the cliff and then just kicks you off. Yeah, I was going to say, but it's kind of the same. It's, it's similar to that in Ready Yeah, Player Ready Player One. One, absolutely. But like I said, you get a tiny bit more in Armada, but not as much. Really? Just that steep drop off after the, uh, the climax, so to speak. Um, now we jump to the top of the list. Um, speaking of depression and all that, uh, we watched BoJack Horseman season three. Oh, good lord. Um. Don't get me wrong, I loved it, but there are some episodes in there that are very difficult to watch. I have my note specifically, the dementia episode. Shut up, Henrietta. (laughs) Oh my god, well when you find out what Henrietta and the doll, or the baby doll, Mm -hmm. means... Mm -hmm. And just the way they describe dementia as there are these people in your head burning everything because of the disease. And which makes you, it made me think that she's acutely aware of that there's something wrong with her. That's the, You know what I mean? It's, it's almost like when a crazy person knows they're crazy, but they can't figure out how to fix themselves. It's almost, and I don't, I don't know if you're going to agree with this or not, but it's, um, I mean, it's like, because people don't, I mean, I'm sure there are people who don't know they have it. Um, but the people who know they have Tourette's with the muscle ticks, where it's like, yeah. yes, I have this thing and I can't Control stop. It. Yeah. Um, but to have that with dementia where you know your brain's slowly, effectively deteriorating, um, and you know it's doing it and you can't, god damn it, that was so fucking heavy. Oh, I had a really good heavy joke at work. Okay. It's fucking terrible, Deb. Is it like dad joke terrible? No. Like you're going to hell terrible. Going to hell. Are you going to say it? Yeah, we got these new glasses. We have this like, uh, we have like an imper- uh, some kind of imperial IPA at work. And you know, you have to serve them in like the little yeah, half the, glasses. Yeah. And they're really, they're weighty. They have weight to them. Substance. I mean, more than usual. Um, so they're heavy. And my friend goes, wow, this is heavy. And I was like, like, gravity or, like, a situation that's depressing? He goes, well, I don't know, here. And he hinted to me, he goes, fuck, this thing's like the Holocaust. Oh! <laughs> they were like, wow. Oh, and apparently the new rule from HR is that apparently until 8 a.m., because that's the time it's not too early, can I not talk about porn? Was that really a rule they needed to make? I was talking about the whole Harvey Weinstein thing. Oh. Yeah. And they, well, I had a, 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 a... Someone was talking to me and they go, I mean, oh my god, like, the casting couch? And I was like, A, like, you've never heard of you- starlets blowing producers at an audition, so come on. I'm not saying it's okay. You're a big fan of the casting couch before. I'm not. But that was my point. And I was like, and they said, casting catch. And I was like, well, that is a category in porn. Yeah. And they went, fuck, really? Which then, he, this guy and I started talking about our uh, predilections in terms of the uh, digital wares of Pornhub. Um, at which point he was like, yeah, that's why I clear out like my browser history. I'm like, oh, I don't give a fuck, man. You ask me for directions for something, and I pull up Safari, and there's like some chick getting just Railed. destroyed. Yeah, I'm like, like, sorry, dude. It was an Asian day. 
whatevs. Like, felt like am- felt like an amateur day. Sorry. Um, you know? It's like fucking, what's his name? Getting the porn and uh, chasing Amy. Where it's like, sometimes it's a brown-eyed day. Sometimes it's a redhead day. Do you literally have an entire bag full of porn? You yeah. never know. Yeah. What mood will strike you? Um, we'll keep working through the top of the list because I, I really want to start getting through the stuff. Um, I watched Despicable Me 3. Haven't gotten there yet. It's it's better than the second one. I okay. My issue with the second one was that it, once you take away the whole he's a villain acting like a hero, which is the whole like hook of the first movie, mm-hmm. now he's a hero and he's not like, oh, he's a, you know, he's bad at it. It's like, he's you know, act at it. Okay. And there's no real, like, you know, like, oh, well, he knows the villain in the second one because he was a villain, and that's, like, so you're the there's, awkward... So not enough conflict? No, there wasn't. Um, okay. There wasn't enough of a hook to it. Um, I mean, I really like the Minions. Other than, yeah, other than the Minions, which they are awesome in the third one. Um, but in the third one... Uh, that is a, a kind of an established hero, and that he's struggling with it that he wants to go back to villainy after meeting his twin brother, Drew. Um, which I thought was going to be really stupid and plays out great. Drew and Drew? Yeah. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Well, what? it's a kid's movie. Um, and that you find out that Drew and his brother were separated at birth um, and that his dad was actually a famous supervillain. Um, but his brother, who is not good at being a villain. Like, obviously, he should have been the hero, and then Gru should have been the villain, but they were raised by the wrong parents. Aww. And that's why they're each a disappointment to the respective parent. Oh, yeah. that's rough. Um, and then, you know, uh, all the scenes of the minions in prison getting banana tattoos was pretty funny. Um, but no, so I liked Despicable Me 3. I, 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 think, it's be, I think Steve Carell said it was going to be his last go, unless he does any kind of cameo in the Minions movie, but he says, as per, like... A dedicated Despicable Me, like, Gru movie. Like, he's done. Um, but once again, like, you back a truck of money up to someone. Or, uh, yeah, I said yeah. that right. Truck of money, like, who knows? You know, like Robert Downey Jr.'s last movie is Iron Man. Then they backed the money truck Well, he up. said, yeah, like, once my contract with, you know, Iron Man 3 and the Avengers, we'll see. Um, well, though it's because he, he got injured during filming. Of Iron Man 3? Three or was that Avengers Two? Was the one where he hurt his ankle? I think it was Iron Man Three. Um, I could be wrong though. So, but I mean, then again, he's in. You know, he's he's not a huge part, but he is in um, Homecoming, a Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, which we talked. I think we talked about last week. We did. Um, but we'll see. I mean, there's all these. You know, the internet thing about. You know what's gonna happen after the end of Phase Three with Avengers Infinite. Uh, I almost said Infinite Crisis. God, I'm not a good nerd. Um, with Ew. the Infinity, uh, Infinity Infinite, I mean, uh, but the, uh, Infinity War, or whatever they're calling it, um, the Infinity Conflict, uh. Isn't that, like, the slang term for our lives, the Infinity Conflict? Yes. Um, so we'll see, because, I mean, much like Civil War kind of changed the Avengers, which having the, having all the new people in, uh, we'll see what happens, because, I mean, Chris Evans and Downey Jr. have got to be on their way out after this. Outside of maybe cameos, or, you know what I mean? Like, something like that. Well, and Chris Evans had said for quite a while that he wants to start doing... Direct directing. Directing. And almost exclusively directing. Yeah. Um, I got a question for you. Speaking of, of Avengers, uh, do you got a feeling on who you'd like to see become Captain America? Um, I mean, I think it's going to go one of two ways. You only have a 50-50 shot, but either Winter Soldier or Falcon? I think they'll go Winter Soldier. You think so? Yeah. I think in this whole, like, PC divert, like, uh... Yeah, but uh, they're just putting out Black Panther. That's true. That's so you, my... That's, just... that's the only reason I think that it'll go, um... I was gonna say, that's the only reason I think it'll go for Winter Soldiers, because they're just putting out Black Panther. Can't have two black superheroes? No, you can. It's just, you know, that's not how it works, apparently. I... I just think that, I mean... I'd like to see Winter Soldier become Captain America because I was a huge fan of the Brubaker run and I love Bucky Barnes as Captain America. I love that. Falcon, yes, 
still had that burden of can't living up to Steve Rogers, but I think Bucky had that a bit more. Um, well, that's almost been like a lot of Bucky's adult life. Well, later adult life is not living up to Steve Rogers. Oh, yes. Um, but even Falcon, I mean, does have that. But Falcon also does stand on his own. It's like, I was that, in the I military. Just, I, I was... remember when Falcon and Steve Rogers met for the first time. On your left. Yeah, exactly. It's the whole running scene, so right from the get-go, he's behind. Yeah. Um, so, we'll see. Um, but I mean, so... Okay, so we're both on Winter Soldier on that one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um... The Strain finale? Now, you read the books. I did. Um, and I, th- I think... I'm pretty sure you might have to correct me or correct... Well, I wouldn't say correct them. They did it. Um, but I have to fill me in on maybe some of the sm- small differences. Okay. Um, that it ends with... Okay, so they've at the end of the last season, uh, Zack hits the trigger to blow up part of New York or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, creates the cloud. The vampires now run everything. The Strigoi. Um... At that point, I think, was Strachan dead, or was he still, or does he die in the last book? I think he died in the last book. Okay, because he dies in this last season. You realize season. It's, been a, it's been a long time since he finally, he and, yeah. he and the, like, SS officer, zombie, or a, a vampire, rather, mm-hmm. kind of take each other out at the same time at the end of this uh, this season. Okay. Um, which was very fitting. I, I liked that. Um, I know it was to, to um, free up uh, David Bradley, who plays uh, Strachan. Uh, which I, I didn't read the books, but I imagine it's pitch-perfect casting. I'm sorry. Having never read the books, I think it did a great job. I mean, everyone in that show did a great job, except for the kid who played Zack. I don't think he's a bad actor, but I just... As Carl got less annoying on The Walking Dead, Zack got more annoying on The Strain. But that's how the books are, where he just, by the end of the books, he's kind of just this little shit. Yeah. Um... But in the end, so they finally, you know, track down um, the master, and they've got their own nuke that they're going to blow up the master with, and uh, the, what is it, the Born, uh, whatever his name is, Quinlan? Yeah. The, uh, is like, you know, I'm going to, I'll do everything because that's, like, my destiny. Um, he ends up, I can't remember, like, the master beats the fuck out of him, but he manages to distract the master long enough that the master, he kills him, but then he dies from his wounds. Um, and then the master barfs, uh his, like, soul worm or whatever, like, prime worm thing, uh, into um, Ephraim, which I don't think happens in the book. No, it does not. But he barfs him into that, but Ephraim manages to, like, hang on for just long enough to reconcile with Zack, and then Zack is like, this time I feel good about pulling the trigger on a nuke. Uh, I'm paraphrasing. Um... You know, they reconcile, and, like, you know, Ephraim's like, obviously do it, because there's only song until I can, I'm the master again. Yeah. And I can stop you, so, like, they nuke, and it's, like, deep underground where, like, the fallout won't happen, it's, like, abandoned tunnels from the 1800s or some bullshit. Um, and that's kind of how it ended, and then it ends with, uh, the girl who broke the internet at the beginning, is she in the books? Dutch? I don't remember. Okay. But she broke, she basically broke the internet so, like, no one could communicate for a day while the vampires did their weird shit. Um, she and the rat catcher, um, end up together, which was, I think, a little bittersweet. I, I kind of liked them with the other girl they introduced this season, um, the one from Montana, who I don't think was in the book at all, since I, I just don't think she was. Um, kind of wanted her to end up, because they didn't have as much history, you know, I was kind of like... Eh, like, all of the, like, will they, won't they, all the shit, like, uh, Vasily and Dutch has been through. Sorry. Um, I thought, I was like, I don't really want to see them, I don't want to see that damage ultimately repaired. I want them to be okay with each other, but I want them to kind of go, we've been through enough, and it may not be enough to keep us together. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of wanted that broken closure. Um. I get it. That fractured closure, that they were like, we're... I'm glad we both survived, but this isn't going to work because of X, Y, Z. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that that was that. The Strain was, of course, set up to pretty much be FX's Walking Dead. Um, even though it had, it did, I think, Del Toro and... I'm trying to think of the other writer on that who did the books. Um, whatever his name was, Hogan. Or Hogan. I don't know how it's pronounced. Um, they said they had, like, you know, they went... We'll, we'll go as long as we can. We have at least... I think they said like at least the five seasons, which it went. 
Um, I don't know if they if it had been more successful, they would have gone and dragged it out and added like middle bits. Um, it's not like Walking Dead where you can kind of organically throw in new stuff because yeah. of the nature of the Walking Dead comic versus a finite three book uh, a book trilogy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but it was supposed to be FX's Walking Dead, which it wasn't. Um, well, it was moderately popular. It was, and I, I liked it. Um, I think, was it last season? Maybe it was the third season. It was kind of a drag. Um, it, it just seemed to kind of, you know, like, right around third season is when they stop, like, kind of lose steam for a second. I've, I've seen that with shows where they're like, they're coasting, they know what they're going to do. And it's not necessarily predictable, but it's, it's, well, it's just, you can tell that it's paint by numbers because they have that that show bible, that blueprint, that art is the books, and shut up, and not cool, bro. No, no, that's the face I use. I say shut up instead of bless you because of that face that she just made, folks. Because it's fucking it gives someone vapor lock for a split second when someone sneezes and you go shut up. They're like, wait, what? Like I said, not cool, bro. Total cool. I got a girl at work where I say shut up and she sneezes and she says thank you because she knows what I mean. <laughs> Do you know how weird it is to have someone like say shut up and then the other person go thank you? Ten times more surreal than just saying shut up to someone who sneezes. So, I I was really, you know, I, I was ultimately by the end of the season, I was like, Great, it's ending, it's something off my slate, it's something one less I gotta watch because I do watch a lot, but I don't I don't have the time to watch everything. And there, there is stuff that I want to give my time and attention to that the strain as, you know, on its last season, I was like, okay, I'm just going to have to, you know, kind of slog through this. Um, even though it was good, but it, it did drag a little bit in the middle. Like, it seemed like the middle of this season. It's like, just get to the fucking end. Like, I, I would have liked to have seen, like, them do something like 12 Monkeys where they put the whole season out over, yeah. like, a couple nights and they just do, like, like... Maybe like three or four like two hour long episodes like you know like do it like a like a you know like a, almost like a movie marathon and have each uh, you know episode be like an hour and a half or whatever with commercials and all that shit I don't know what that equates to minute wise but you know and just do you know like a six hour mini series that just slams through it and has the budget to do all the you know stuff with you know the second nuclear bomb and all of the you know the huge plague of vampires attacking pretty much everything when the master calls them all together. Um, you know what I mean? Exactly. So, not that it looked bad by any means. I mean, all the CGI and special effects are great. Um, but, you know, it, I think it ended satisfactory. I guess that's what I'll say about it. So. Well, all right then. Um, Bondage Expo. This will be short. I just texted you something really weird, and you texted me back that there was a bondage, uh, I was going to say bondage expo at the hotel, and I was laughing because I was like mid some weird conversation with my coworkers about it, and now I can't remember any of those bits. This is what happens when we take and so I, I've time sent, off. And I've, I've since deleted the, um, I think it said like that weirdly coincidental to something you were talking about, and I was like, I don't want to know why that has to do anything uh, with anything, but... Uh, oh, no, I, I remember. Okay. But I, I'm not going to say too much about it, because really <laughs> it's not that, you know, like, phenomenal of a story, but it was something that you wanted me to bring up. Because made me laugh. You know, I do work in the hospitality industry at the day job, and we do have, you know, like, conferences and events, and usually it's like, you know, real estate, people getting together, or... crossbow hunters? The, the um, oh yeah that was right when I started we had the uh, that hunting expo um, but we have the Colorado Elks which is a, a non-profit and stuff like that we have not Mary Kay they're called something else um, it'll come to me Arbon uh, they're a fucking pain in the ass um, they're a pain in the asshole like right up the rectum right up Main Street <laughs> ooh right up Main Street so we'll be talking about that later um because I'm now smiling thinking about that as much as I smile when I think of my sort of significant other romantic interest person. So, um, but anyway, so we had, and this is, you're going to love, I think I've, I think I've told you this off air, but we had a bondage expo, uh, which was called BED, 
which is, um, yes, I know it's spelled bed. Uh, bon, I think it was, they were originally from Texas. I think it was when it was, where it was based out of initially. So I think it was like Bondage Expo Dallas, but that's what we like, they were, we were told to call them like, you know, the BED group because they said literally to my face, I couldn't call it the Sexpo. Um, Which is really just ridiculous. Oh, we had to have, we had a, a staff meeting before, and not because of the Bondage Expo, it just kind of happened that you they were, were like the following meeting. like two weeks later. And, but we were having a staff meeting and talking about uh, various staff issues. And uh, my boss was like, yeah, and just, you know, like two weeks from now we're going to have this. And, uh, and he's the Jehovah's Witness. So you could tell that he was like very like awkward. Yeah. And, and he goes, so you might hear the, hear the term vanilla. Uh, that, that just, you know, means that the people that aren't into that kind of lifestyle, um, he goes, I, you know, he goes, because that would be all of us. And I immediately went, you don't know me. <laughs> and John was like, okay, yeah, you got a point, Doug. Like, I don't know what y'all get into behind closed doors. And I was like, it's cool. Just saying, not vanilla. Um, it, okay. I can read Fifty Shades of Grey and not find that shocking at all. Now, bear in mind... I used to watch Faces of Death in high school while stoned out of my mind, so I might be desensitized to anything to begin with. And yes, I said that right. Anything to begin with. I might be a little sociopathic in terms of that. But, um, you know, well, I mean, I don't have a sex swing or a personal fuck dungeon by any means. Um, but, you know, I'm not... You know, I, you know I've, I've been tied up. I like tying up. Like, you know... There's stuff I've done that's not just, you know, missionary for procreation's sake. So, I've done some stuff that's nice. That's an unfair joke. This is a public service announcement. When somebody does something for you naked, always describe it as better than nice. Or not just nice. Uh, that might, we'll just call that the social contract asshole of the week. Um, so, anyway, so we had a bondage expo, and really the funniest thing that wa that happened, other than people watching, um, which was amusing as hell, um, and they all like their fucking coffee, let me tell you what, um, for well, people who are like, whip me, fuck me, like, make me feel like a number, they're like, I want an extra sweet caramel macchiato, and I'm like, your coffee's not even fucking... Doc, when you're up on like fucking, you need the caffeine. So get fucking coffee. Black like your latex. Like. So anyway. Um, and a lot of them looked like Skeksis. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Ooh, Skeksy. No, they were not bringing Skeksy back. Or no, they were bringing Skeksy back. Um, they're all looking for their sexual gaffling. Um... <laughs> Let's sexualize the dark crystal. There's a, there's a porn we have to make, Deb. The fuck crystal. I'm gonna text Lizzie in a minute. Yeah, yeah, and like it totally like the shard of the crystal would just be like look would like look like a penis, and they had to put it in the big crystal, which looks like a vagina. Um, Not a butthole. Could be a butthole. Whatever. It depends on which way we're going with this porn. Well, it depends on which end of the crystal you put it in. Ooh. Oh! <laughs> we gotta. We, this shit's writing itself, like Deb. I said, we gotta move on. We're not gonna meet that. Aren't one. you glad that we own every bit of intellectual property we talk about? <laughs> um, original, because obviously we don't own Bojack Horseman. But anyway, um, so anyway, so fuck crystal, copyrighted assholes. Um, but. Uh, what were we on? Oh, Bondage Expo. So, short story long, uh, we did have nine weddings in-house. On all... the same weekend as the Bondage Expo? Yeah, which... That seems like poor planning. In... No. Well, it's, I mean... Well, they were they were told to, like, keep to, like, the banquet... Their, like, their, like, the... Their area? Our, yeah, our, our ballroom area. <laughs> um, ballroom. Because I'm a 12-year-old. Uh, which is why I laughed when the guy at Super Target called over the PA. Yeah, I need some rear... What was it? I need some rear delivery. I was like, butt joke. It's um, okay. My sister and I about died laughing when we were at a TJ Maxx and they had a section labeled active bottoms. 
that's almost a term, isn't it? No, it is a term. It's, is it a term? It's for, uh, like... <laughs> when will you watch Big Mouth? So when they're, like, the one kid thinks he's gay, and he's like, is that a thing? And he goes, in the gay community, everything's a thing. <laughs> Bye! I was gonna say, but yeah, no, it's for, like, um, the bottom half of work. Yeah, no, I know, yeah. Yeah, I, I know it, well, <laughs> I knew what active bottom meant in that regard, and I, weirdly enough, know what active bottom means in the other regard as well. Um, I have the internet. I've had cable since I was born. Anyway, so... Now I remember what we were talking about when you texted me about the bondage uh, convention. I was talking to my friend Laura, and it was something about... Somebody had given me... Oh, yeah, it was Paula giving me a ration of shit for having a dick pic on my phone. The one I sent you? No. Oh. Like an actual dick? Yeah. Oh. And I was showing Laura that, and I was telling her that story, and she's like, well, what happened? He's like... Well, he asked me how many dicks I had on my phone, and I said the internet, so technically I have all the dicks on my phone. Yeah. My dick's not on the internet. That you know of. I know of. How do you know that? Shit, I guess if I was sleeping and... Shit. You don't know, Doug. You don't know. Well, let's wrap, not wrap up, but uh, let's, uh, yeah, let's well, on. I was going to say, but uh, so unfortunately all of the grandparents for all of the weddings were uh, very interested in the uh, other half of the other cross-section of, of the crowd over that weekend. And they were all asking me, because I was like, you know, front of house. And they're like, so, the, uh, the crowd this weekend, is that normal, is that usual? I'm like, nope. That would be a bondage expo. And they went, bondage like, and I went, yep. Like, just what you're thinking. Just what you're thinking. And they were like, oh. So they have, oh my god, expos. And we weren't allowed to go in. Aww. Um, And surprisingly, I didn't have to tell one person, like, that like, they weren't inappropriately dressed. Because when they, like, would leave their little area, mm -hmm. their fuck dungeon, if you will, um, like... They were wearing, like, regular clothes. Like, so like, I'm guessing they had a change area. I don't know. I, I wasn't allowed back there. Um, but I, my only thing was, like, because we have a restaurant, and I was going to have to be like, I'm sorry you have to wear shoes. Like, I thought the biggest thing would be, like, them being barefoot, because they're like, you know, oh, I didn't, I only brought my 10-inch, you know, ball-stabbing heels. Um, you just made a face, and you don't have balls to step on. Um, I've seen... I call them the nut grinders. Like I said, so, I've seen things happen to balls. I can imagine how that... Uh, yeah, I've got a pair called the nutcrackers. You know, yeah. So, um... Anywho. Uh, let's see. Let's jump down to um, uh, the bottom there. Let's go with... Uh, oh, DCTV. I know you, for reasons, uh, I've not been taking in a whole lot, whereas I'm on the opposite end... Uh, Absorbing a whole lot. I've basically been trying to decompress to the point of emptying my brain of anything new or anything that's been bothering me. So I've been watching a lot of Futurama. And if you haven't been listening to Damn, uh, I've made some lifestyle changes uh, which have afforded me hyper-focus. So now my brain never feels empty. It only wants more. It's like fucking Johnny Five. I'm just input. Like, it's, it's really bad. To the point where I made a, a very fun impulse buy because of it. Okay, well, let's talk about DCTV, and then you can talk about your impulse buy. So, uh, well, I thought we'd get into that with mistakes we made. Okay. So, um, oh. that sounded very businesslike, but I just like, eh, no, that'll be fine. for later. Um, so we'll just start with, you know, obviously DCTV is back, so the Ber Berlenti-verse, I think is what they call it, uh, after Greg Berlenti. Um, Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow. Supergirl. Supergirl. Uh, they do have a web series animated web series called The Ray, um, which is about a, a hero with, uh, like, light-based powers. That's why he's called The Ray. Also, his first name is Ray. Fuck you, the 90s. Um, so, there you go. Um, but he'll be playing a big part later on. They're gonna, you're gonna see his live-action debut in the, um, DCTV crossover this season, okay. uh, Crisis on Earth X. Um, so that plays a big part, which is why I bring it up. So if you want to see that, because it gets, one's going to heel tie into that, which is nice because he was part of the super group called, um, makes it sound like I'm talking about. A boy band? Uh, well, I, yeah, like Asia or something. Um, but, uh, 
the superhero team, uh, the Freedom Fighters, which are a bunch of, like, uh, World War II heroes. So, and uh, I guess Earth-X is, like, modern day, like, if the Nazis won world. Um, because the Supergirl equivalent, Supergirl-X, looks a lot, is in the same costume as the Superman, who, instead of landing on Earth, landed on Apocalypse and was raised by Darkseid. And so, and he looks very militaristic and black and very stylized, um, a very stylized S on his chest that almost looks like it says SS. Like the outline of it is okay. red on either side. Okay. It looks like two lightning bolts. So, it yeah. It looks like the SS runes. Yeah. yeah. So, which I'm sure was not an accident. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, they're paying an homage to not only that Elseworlds tale, but to make it, you know, I mean, do you think Nazi Superman, well, I would imagine... Man with the Nazi thing, the swastika, but, um, but yeah, very much. No, I think SS Superman. You think the the son of I think they called him some son of apocalypse. Yeah, I, think, was, I would think SS. And all I know is he is a f- fucking butthole on hero clicks. It's nothing but fucking close close combat expert. God, he's awful to play against. Um, where are we on? Oh yeah. So, um, and I only bring up the animated series as well because they had something, uh, another animated series based on Vixen, um, which if you try to search for, comes up with a bunch of other stuff that's not animated DC fair. Because um, you just type in Vixen for search and it's a lot more. Why wouldn't you specify? It, it's, it's a lot more of that bondage expo than Mile High why Comics. Why would you specify like, Vixen DC? Oh, it still comes up with stuff. Okay. They apparently film a lot of stuff at our nation's capital that involves fucking. Um, so. Then why would you just put. How was that? Sorry. Why wouldn't you put in Vixen DC Comics? Because uh, comics, I mean, it would come up with something radically different. Because it would come up with uh, what's called CBRs, which are like digital comics. Alright. So. Um, I hate those, by the way. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of them I either. I can't read digital comics. Well, the one thing I don't like about them um, is that. Uh, they make your eye go to what they want you to see next. You know what I mean? Whereas when I read, like, I'll finish a page and I'll kind of look it back over, look at the art, look at the background, see their details. Like, I like to absorb the art as well, not just be like, and then you go here and then there's this panel. It's like, I like to kind of take it all in and um, break it all down um, when I read, which I've talked about on Mr. Right. So a lot of cross-promotion in this episode. Um, so with Flash, you remember how last season ended? Uh, the Flash had gone into the Speed Force to yep. stop it from breaking down. Yeah, Barry's going. Uh, yeah. So, um, I'm going to say some words that you're not going to like. Just, you know. Um, so, first season opener, uh, they managed to get Barry back because they trade him for a science tennis ball. So, they place basically like a an orb with his DNA and specific speed profile or something. Yeah, oh, there's a whole lot of made-up science in this episode. Um, so they put that in the speed force, tricking the speed force so they can get Barry back. That all happens very quickly. He comes back, and he's very... very, uh, uh, what's the one with Russell Crowe? Um, beautiful Mind. <laughs> He's very beautiful mind. I like that you said that, and I was going to say gladiator. <laughs> He's very master and commander. No, um... Could have gone... Well, no, we couldn't have gone proof of life, though. Could we? Anyway, um... He, but he comes back, and he, like, he rhymes things. He's very... See, I don't want to say the R word, so I want to be a bit more specific. He comes off as very autistic. Very Asperger's. Um, like, he's writing all this stuff on the wall that he's, like, like compelled to write. It's a language that they don't know what it means. They finally build a multi-alphabetical, whatever, like, you know, uh, algorithm to, to decipher it. Uh, and the translation comes back as, this house is bitchin'. Which, while very funny, I think may actually be, there may be a payoff there. That 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 means something eventually. Because there's... It's funny that they just would have been like, what does it mean? What's the funniest thing we can think of? Like, aardvark penis or something. I like chocolate milk! Yeah, I like... They done like, I like chocolate milk. That was good. We'll talk about Batman in a bit, but... Um, 
yeah, so I think House is Bitching is going to come back. Um, you do on the first... So, Barry gets snapped out of this stupor um, by the end of the episode. So, like, his whole, like, the speed force is, like, you know, I've been driven insane. We don't know how long he's actually, to, to him, to his relative time, we don't know how long he's been there. You know, it could be 500 years. It could have been five minutes. We don't know. But he's obviously driven insane. Um, he steps out of that because uh, a flying robot samurai uh, kidnaps, I shouldn't say kidnaps, um, Iris, but she, like, it's like demanding the Flash, and, the, you know, the city will be destroyed if I don't get the Flash. And she just goes right up to him and goes, like, take me, because the Flash will save me. She Lois landed. She did, like, yeah, like, almost, like, death wishy. Yeah. So in that, she gets, you know, taken by the samurai. Yes, which, by the way, sounds painful. Yeah, it's um, like horrible. Yeah, hor- yeah. something that p- pops on your ass and has a sword. Claims it, yeah, claims it is uh, sovereign land of, of the house of the or the land of the rising sun, um, or the house of the rising sun, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, so, of course, Joe goes to Barry, who's being held in one of their um, cells yeah. uh, on the in the pipeline, whatever. And he's like, Iris is taken. Iris is in trouble. And you see the lightning flash in his eyes. And then he comes back and he saves her and says, you know, and he's never run like as fast. Like he's like, this is the fastest ever run. He's supercharged, right? Much like the way in the comics, Wally West came out of the speed force with like new, some new powers. Um, And, you know, he says, ever since I've come back, like I feel unburdened, like, you know, all the guilt with my parents dying and all that, like I've like, I've processed it. I've resolved it. Um, I can be what what this goes along with them saying like this season's gonna be more lighthearted. But he just seems genuinely like almost blindly Pollyanna, you know, ish. Yeah. In that he's like, I'm so unburdened that like n- nothing matters in a happy-go-lucky kind of way, and it's almost like they're overcorrecting, in my opinion. Okay. Um. Yeah, he's not dark and brooding. That's more Arrow's thing. But he doesn't need to be, like, almost, like, willfully blissful. You know what I mean? Yes. So, yeah, thank you. So, that didn't last very long. Him being, like, insane from the Speed Force. He got bra- brought back in the first 20 minutes of the episode. Um, and so, another, once again, much like Flashpoint, a quick undo. Um, Kaylin has been, I mean, it jumps ahead six months. So, okay, fine. Like, we didn't see that six months. So, it felt, no pun intended, fast to us. Okay. Um, but for the characters, he's been gone for six months. Um, Kaylin has been tending bar at a metahuman bar, and uh, that's what she's been doing. Uh, they bring her back into the fold because now it seems like she has Killer Frost under control. Yeah. You find out obviously that she has a very like kind of Jekyll and Hyde esque where sometimes she's in control of it, sometimes she's not. Um, she does drop a certain name, which I'm going to get to in a moment, but she uh, she does drop the name Enuet. Um, or Anulet? I'm trying to remember from the comics if it's Anuet or Anulet, but whatever. She drops a very interesting name. Um, and the guy says, like, oh, you're quitting? Like, what's this person going to think of? And she's like, I don't care. And she should care because I know who that character is and I will talk about it, uh, probably right now, depending on my notes. Um, see what else we've got on that one. Yes, I will talk about it because at the end of the episode you do see the thinker who's basically in, um... You, did you read Empire, the comic I gave you? Oh, yeah, of course. You know how their Ministry of Information's like, in that giant, like, Professor X chair, but, like, his brain's hooked up to it, too? It's, like, all, like, tied into his brain yeah, yeah. And, and head and all that? Yeah. That's what the thinker looks like. Okay. Um, kind of weird, because Mark Wade's known for writing The Flash, and Mark Wade wrote Empire. Um, so, that's what the thinker looks like, which is kind of, I, I think, kind of cool and kind of creepy and scary. Um... And he's got an assistant, and I don't know if the assistant is Anulet or not, but Anulet in the comics, because I know I haven't loaned you this because she hasn't popped up in the collections I've got from the Jeff Jones run, eventually I will take a breath, that um, she is Blacksmith, the character Blacksmith, who, I'm not going to get into her whole backstory, but she ends up taking a serum that kind of warps her body into, like, um, she looks like, uh, kind of like black metal, mm-hmm. um, very pliant black metal. Uh, or metal that is black, not like venom or cradle of filth or anything. Um, and that she has the ability to like fuse metal and flesh together, mostly in a very fatal way. 
At one point, she fuses a picture frame through the middle of Rainbow Raider. Okay, uh, it is, wow. That sounds it, it is actually quite... It, it's not incredibly graphic, but just the reactions of everyone else in, on, in that drawing, it's like, that sounds awful. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, but she basically, her point in the comics, uh, she runs the, like, underground black market fencing operation. Um, but some of that money does get funneled into local businesses. It, it helps the economy, and it's kind of an open secret. And a lot of the legitimate business owners in Central City and, and Keystone City, the, the Twin Cities in, in the Flash comics, kind of turns a blind eye to it because of the money it does bring in. Um, so, and, you know, and she says, like, I'm not hurting anyone. I'm giving the bad guys a place to do their thing, and it gives money back into the actual economy. Mm-hmm. This is a victimless crime outside of the people whose shit they steal. So, but you know what I mean? Like, she kind of views herself as kind of a, a, a labor leader. Yeah. Kind of a, an evil labor leader. Leader. That's hard to say. And uh, so we'll see if she kind of has that tap dancing, that line. But it's a very interesting character. Um, we'll see if they introduce her in the comics. Ex husband Goldface gets with, guess what he's made out of, um, who ends up becoming an actual legitimate labor leader. Uh, Isn't Goldface uh, the name of the character they made Jim Helper play in uh, the movie that they made on The Office? I don't know. I didn't watch The I'm Office. I'm pretty sure it, his name was Goldface. They oh. had him in all these hilarious gold glitter. No, well, Goldface is made of organic gold or some crazy shit. Um, so, with Flash... I'm going to have to slam through the rest of this. Um, Sorry. <sighs> uh, and in the second episode, you do meet, uh, they, they, you know, they, we've, we've seen Iron Heights, but they lock up, fuck, somebody in Iron Heights. Oh, a, a new villain called Kilgore, who controls technology. Uh, nice little sticks. I was going to say, like, mm-hmm. I started immediately singing in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they lock him up because he's been, like, somehow, he's been depowered, and they put him in the Iron Heights. And you meet Warden Wolf, um, and Kilgore, his character wasn't in Central City when the, uh, whatever, the Super Collider or whatever that was, exploded, but he's still a metahuman, so the Team Flash is like, where did, did you, you get, get your powders? Powers, yeah. pa- powders. Where did you get your powers? And he goes, uh, you know, I'm not going to say, but I'm not the only one. So it implies that, and I think that's what could be blacksmith i think she might be able to do something that gives people powers okay um kind of a replacement for um alchemy from last season okay. but as opposed to being like oh you remember earth one and earth two this is purely like you know doesn't matter if you had powers in earth one earth x earth whatever that um there should be an earth whatever <laughs> um where it's always the 90s and no one gives a shit um that uh yeah so i think that might be her thing i don't i don't know i'm i'm supposing here um, but you do meet Warden Wolf, who in the comics is a metahuman himself that can cause painful muscle cramps, mm-hmm. which, yeah, I mean, what, but sounds kind of lame. No, but if you've ever had your muscles seize up on you, he, it's incredibly he, painful. Like, he makes people's, like, chest seize up, he, um, cripples people's knees. Like um, I said, at no. one point he eases someone's, uh, messed up knee, the original Hunter Solomon, to help him run away from, I think it was Gorilla Grodd in the comics. But, um... So, yeah, I mean, he basically tortures people with, you know, I mean, without anyone knowing. Um, so to see him kind of eyeball Kilgore at the end, I was actually surprised they didn't have his eyes light up red the way they do in the comics whenever he uses his powers. But I think, I mean, you can't introduce Warden Wolf and not have him be, like, the secret torture in Iron Heights. So I'm interested to see what they do with him as well, knowing what I know from the comics. Um, in Legends... I've only two quick, uh, one quick note, uh, uh, two of notes, one's not quick, one's moderately quick. I'm going to ch- ch- Just stop. say what it is. Thank you. Uh, the third season starts out with uh, that they broke in time and there are all these dinosaurs running around in 2017 and at first I was like, yes, it's fucking, uh, you know, Command D from the DC Comics where it's like the last boy on Earth and there are dinosaurs but like the ruins of LA. Nope. They were just anachronisms. And even though Rip has left the team to them 15 minutes ago, thanks, time travel, he has spent five years building the, like, Time Bureau, which is, yeah, like, what you think of. It's a bureaucratic thing that controls all of these anachronisms that the legends 
have unleashed when they kind of broke time by going back to team up with their previous selves. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they basically label the Legends outlaws. They basically take their ship back and they're like, we're going to figure this out on our, on our own. This is a premise that could have been in the first fucking episode. That they're basically outlaws. And yeah, they Rip was effectively an outlaw from the Time Lord, not Time Lords, Time Council or whatever that was. Um, but now it's like kind of official that like the legends are like outlaw time travelers. Um, while this seems like it could have been in the first season, I'm glad it did build to a logical conclusion in that. Okay. Um, because it gave them a, a kind of a new, you know, not new spin, but like kind of an official like, yay, now you can act like this. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. You don't have to like go like, oh, well, we've got Rip and the time counts. Like, nope, you're free to fucking do whatever you want. Um, Rory, of course, always fucking funny. Um, so, uh, finally they're outlaws, and on the second episode, I'm not gonna ruin too much about it. All I can say is two words, Deb. Billy motherfucking Zane. Oh, Billy Zane. Fuck, he's been always gonna say, we've been talking about Billy Zane a lot lately. So, um, he is great in it playing P.T. Barnum. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. Um, and I did bring up, as I said earlier, I brought up the animated stuff like Vixen and Ray because the animated Vixen series does, they do pull from that um, for Legends of Tomorrow. Because um, I know there's a character at the very end that I think a lot of people who um, didn't watch Vixen are like, who the fuck is that? Go watch Vixen. Um, I, I guess I'll spoil it because, I mean, it's not that huge of a spoiler, but it's the modern vixen that you met in Arrow, mm-hmm. it's her sister who used to use, instead of the animal totem, it was the water totem. Okay. Which is why they kind of resurrect her from, like, a river or something. Um, and the big bad is this guy named Mollus, M-A-L-L-U-S, I believe. Uh, I don't know who that is. I have no fucking clue, so I'm walking into that, like, fresh, which is kind of, no pun intended, refreshing uh, for me. Like, literally not knowing a character, a bad guy. The way I know about Warden Wolf, I don't know about the Big Bad. Um, but apparently he brings motherfuckers back from the dead. So that ought to be interesting in that universe. Uh, because on the promo art for Crisis in Earth-X, you do see Captain Cold, who is dead in, in that universe. Yeah. Um, so, But, I mean, Wentworth Miller, it's so weird to not see him, knowing that Dominic Purcell, who plays Heatwave Rory... Rory yeah. Um, is, is staying on Legends, even though they both um, were like in prison, the, pri- the new prison pris- break. The new prison break, yeah. So, I mean, I don't... Maybe Miller was just like, I've got better shit to do. Well, he also... He's a pretty, I was going to say, active photographer as well. So maybe oh, he's he just got had other. other projects Okay, going on. okay. Um, Arrow, the big one on this is at the very end of the... Uh, you know, the, everyone's been blown up. Um, or so you think at the end of the last season. Mm-hmm. Um that gets resolved by the end of, of the first episode. Um, people you thought were going to die, died. Uh, Red Merlin. I mean, Barman said online, he's like, I'm not coming back. It doesn't matter if it happened on screen or off screen. That was, he's dead. Um, unless... Is he mad at them? Or is he no, just, no, okay. he was just saying, like, it was one of those, like, you know, I'm, I'm sad to go. Like, I've had okay. a family there, but, you know, and people were like, oh my God, he really is dead. And he's like, yeah, even though it happened off screen, like, he did die. Um... Saving Thea and all of them. Um, the kid's mom died. Who gives a shit? Um, she was kind of whiny, anyway. Um, I mean, I don't... It's a fake kid, so, I mean, I really... I, it's not like... I'm like, oh, poor kid lost his mom. Like, I'm not being heartless. He's, they're fictional. Um, fictional characters! Exactly. Like, oh, no, poor fake kid doesn't... His fake mom died. Fake died, even. Um... So she's dead, and Wally's Wally, Ollie is raising uh, this kid alone. Um, now he has a nanny, so pff, it must be nice being a billionaire mayor. Um, so the whole thing lately has been like, yeah, like him trying to reconcile with the kid. The kid blames him for the mom's death. The kid's trying to, you know, kid knows he's Green Arrow, and he's trying to defend him as Green Arrow, but without being, you know, very subtle at school and all this shit. Um, while uh, his a picture gets leaked of him being the Green Arrow and everyone's fucking, you know, attacking him as a mayor and all this. Uh, Anatoly comes back, who I loved. I, I love that guy. Uh, I don't know the actor's name, but the, the like, Bratva boss from yeah. the last couple yeah. seasons. Um, 
I, I mean, I love the way the guy just chews the scenery on that one. So I'm glad he's back. And he says, I'm not the one that leaked the picture. So we don't know. It could have been Prometheus from last season, and this is just something else he set up post-death or pre-death. Could be a new villain. I don't know. There's So far, there's no big bad. Um, we know that Thea's in a coma. Uh, Diggle uh, got, like, hit by some shrapnel and now has, like, a degenerative nerve tremor in his arm so he can't shoot, which almost causes the new Black Canary to almost die while she, they're saving some guy, some uh, Markovian delegate. Um, I'm trying to think who else was on the island. Felicity's fine. Um, still struggling with will they, won't they? Bullshit. Uh, Mr. Terrific's fine. Seems really okay that he gave up his marriage to be a superhero. Like, that was such a painful thing to, like, have him go through, and it seems like he's fine. Um, but yeah, that fact that, like, he was out at his green arrow, which gets resolved in the second episode, um, that it was doctored, but, but who doctored it? Like, we don't know. So, Arrow's not doing a whole lot right now. Um, it's, it's really just, I, I don't know. Uh, it's really got to wow me this season. I mean, I'll watch it because of all the continuity stuff. You know, if it gets a seventh season and all that, I'll watch it, to, you know, know all the connections, but this is one, if like, it was on its own, I I may not watch it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like... And I, I love everyone on it. I think they do a great job. It's just, you got to do something to really, you it's know. season seven. You, you got to make it move um, in terms of my, you know, give my nerd dick a tremor. Like, just, just make it, you know, something. Your just titillate me. Like you said, your degenerative nerve in your nerd dick with its tremor. Yeah, I took a piece of shrapnel and that was season five. Um, so anyway... Uh, and that that's it for uh, the DC TV. Okay. Um, I just wanted to, I wanted to you know it's semi time sensitive so I wanted to get in there with the last two weeks. Um, usual ending nonsense. Like I said, social contract asshole was. Um, if somebody does something for you naked, say it's. Don't murder. call it nice. Yeah. Use another adjective. Um, mistakes we we made this week. Uh, like I said, it was going to be very one sided. Oh no! I actually do have one. Shoot. Uh, I went out to dinner with my parents to a really nice place, and they bought me this d- fucking delicious $30 steak. And I only made it, like, about probably two-thirds of the way through it, and I took the rest home. And I got home, I put my little to-go box down and went to the bathroom, and by the time I got back, the cats had gotten into it and eaten all of the rest of it. So I missed out on the end of my awesome steak because I'm not smart enough to put a to-go box in a fridge. Wow. You've got three cats and you've had them for a while. Like, that's... Really had to pee, huh? Oh, yeah. Super bad. Okay. Uh, my mistake is kind of a intentional. Uh, I, I'm not suffering buyer's remorse, so I just want to open it up with that. I may have Im, Im, Impulse bought a PlayStation 4. That is not the mistake. Well, that's part of the mistake. Um, I went and got a little TV, and I've been torturing myself for, I mean, literally... Probably almost two months. I'd go look in the electronics section. I'd, I'd look at the games. And I'd go, well, they don't have a game I'd really like. Like, I'd manage to talk myself out of it. For weeks. Weeks and weeks and weeks. Finally, last week, I was like, fuck it. I have saved so much money. You know, uh, quitting drinking or, you know, really taking a break from drinking and drying out. That I have... Like, I, it, it sounds... It, it's not the braggy, like, well, I have too much money. It was just, you know, I'm like, I'm in a good place. And I can pay all my bills... And still justify this. So, I'm not, it's not a bragging thing. It's like, it was like, I'm comfortable. I'm, I'm where I like, I'm, I'm glad I'm here and I can do this for myself. Um, and it's been a long time since I've really splurged on something. Um, so, I bought the PlayStation 4. I got a handful of games. Um, that's, you know, I got like the soccer one that it came with. Deadpool, which I'm loving. Um, the Crash Bandicoot collection and just as like a palette it's like having mario and um what else oh i got a war 3 remastered because i just love killing shit um and i downloaded a, a bubble popping game because i'm boring uh and i'm not going to go into the whole thing about the games that's not what i'm here for this time around but um i do want to say the mistake i made buying it is that it's on my desk where i put my computer to get all of the work for the network done so it is a constant like 
it is a back to Pat Oswald, but it's a full circle, where he talks about like the treadmill versus like scotch and the internet and porn and and all that, where it's like he knows he should go to the treadmill, but porn and scotch are just st- sitting there going or. You can get drunk and jerk off on the, you know, like, with us. Like, it is there, like, as a constant, like, reminder of, like, I could be playing a game right now. So I'm really trying very hard, and this is a mistake that I will make. I haven't made it yet. That I'm going to treat the game like dessert. So I have to get, like, thing one, two, three, four done before I can even pick up the controller. Okay. So you're going to succeed? That is why I'm not going home immediately after recording. I could do that. I have plans later tonight. But I'm going to stay out so that I'm away from it. And that is how I'm going to do that. I'm not going to go out all the time, obviously. But um, I think on the beginning of the week when I've got a lot of stuff to do on my, on my days off from the day job. And I've got my laundry list of to-do stuff that includes laundry. Um, which is done. Mine's not. I was playing games while it was going. It was great. I forgot shit was in the dryer. I forgot shit was in the washer. Um, that, uh, so I'm going to try. But I think that's the mistake in buying it. Is like, I didn't think. I thought, oh, like, I'll get it and I'll play it every once in a while. You know, you it's know. a time sucker, Deb. Well, that's why I didn't buy Skyrim, Deb. Because <laughs> uh, I would have fallen deep, deep into that one. So no Skyrim. Or else it would have become a full-time job. And you know what that leads to? Masturbation. Close. A sky rim job. Oh, oh, oh. If you like this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and No Applause, Just the Clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher. Yeah.